0: The information presented in this program is provided for general information purposes only and is not, nor is it intended to be, nor is it a substitute for professional medical advice and treatment. This program is not meant to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease or injury. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you've heard on this program. You should always consult a doctor or other health care provider for individual professional medical advice regarding your own health situation.
1: We're Michael and Stuart with Man Talk on Radio St. George 100.3 FM. Submit your questions ahead of time to questions at mantalkradio.net. Re-listen or watch again. Search Facebook, YouTube, iTunes, Podbean, and Stitcher for Radio St. George or radiosaintgeorge.com. We'll see you next week for another edition of Man Talk.
0: <laughs> Bye-bye. That was good, man. Don't want to talk about ED, known as erectile dysfunction or impotence. We've decided to devote an entire show to the serious and widespread problem affecting so many men and couples, affecting not only the man, but his partner, too. And not surprisingly, many men won't even want to talk to their own doctors about it. They're ashamed, embarrassed, timid, or afraid to talk about it, and it's on the top 10 of taboo things to talk about.
1: We welcome Dr. Leon Bender, who has been with us previously. Welcome back, Dr. Bender. Uh, Dr. Bender is a renowned urologist from Beverly Hills, California, past chief of staff and chair of urology at Cedar sinai Medical Center in Beverly Hills. And we know that Dr. Bender has been treating patients for several decades. Maybe, Dr. Bender, could you explain a little bit about the progression of, of ED uh, or impotence Uh, over the many years of your practice, how it's changed.
2: Uh, Thank you for uh, inviting me to speak, and I will be happy to talk on that. Um, Erectile dysfunction was almost something that wasn't known about or treatable uh, when I started in practice in 1969. Uh, Over the years, we've had some uh, poor medications to try to deal with men with erectile dysfunction, and then there was a, uh, a kind of a revolution that occurred in the in the late 80s when some oral medications came around, uh, and you you'll know what those are. Uh, they're advertised on most of the uh, sports networks and in the papers. Uh, but those medications revolutionized the way we e- evaluate, look at, respond to, and treat men with erectile dysfunction or, or impotence. Uh, there was the, this, the floodgates literally opened up when the first of those drugs came out, the little blue pill. And again, I'm not gonna mention any trade names. I just want you to know about the, the generic group. Um, li- literally, as soon as that announcement came out on late night television, the next morning, our phones could not uh, go 10 seconds without somebody calling and wanting an appointment for treatment of impotence. Um, That kind of revolutionized it because it allowed for an oral medication to be used to treat men's erectile dysfunction. Since that time, uh, there has been uh, more progress uh, in the treatment of erectile dysfunction. And literally the latest thing that's occurred in the last 6 to to 12 months is the use of shockwave uh, uh, treatments on the blood vessels of the uh, penis which uh, is supposedly breaks up the plaques that may inhibit the blood flow that fills the penis to allow for an erection.
0: I have a a question, Dr. Bennett. That little blue pill you talk about, I mean, was that designed and formulated initially to solve the problem of ED?
2: Well, that's that's an interesting story. Actually, a friend of mine at UCLA who was doing cardiac research, uh, a PhD in physiology, was uh, testing this in men to try to prevent angina pectoris or chest pain on exertion. And at the end of the treatment, at the end of the test period, the trial period, uh, he asked for the men to give the medications back as is necessary for all clinical trials. And the men refused to give the medication back. When he asked the men, why not give it back to me? They said, because I'm getting the best erections I've ever had in my life. And that kind of rang a bell, we, re, we now realized that there was a deficiency in the penile tissues, in the tissues of the, in the penis, um, that lacked nitric oxide. Nitric oxide is necessary for the blood vessels to dilate and cause an erection. And the little blue pill renewed and re- helped restore the uh, concentration of nitric oxide.
1: And, and, so this, so this wasn't, as Stuart asked, this wasn't, it was developed for the heart or vascular system, but, it, but this was the byproduct. Was, was it ever used for the heart or for what it was researched for by your friend?
2: Yeah, it, it didn't actually perform well for to try to prevent uh, coronary insufficiency or angina pectoris, but it did work well in the penis. There, it also concentrates in the eye also. Uh, and can cause what we call blue vision if you take the pill.
1: Is that because the pill's blue?
2: No, not because the pill's blue. Actually, it has another effect. It also is used as a treatment for pulmonary hypertension. That is high blood pressure in the pulmonary artery, a very, a very unusual phenomenon, but it does occur in a, in a great many young people.
1: So so if you take it for pulmonary, whatever you just said, do you also get an erection? You also get an erection then?
2: Uh, No. It doesn't cause an erection. It merely supplements the ability to manufacture nitric oxide. If you already make nitric oxide, and that's not the biochemical deficiency that you have, it won't help. If you lack the ability to make nitric oxide, then it will help you facilitate and manufacture more nitric oxide which again is necessary for the blood vessels to dilate but giving somebody viagra or and there I said it uh, or a blue pill will not cause an erection it only facilitates the ability to make nitric oxide
1: well what about all those tv shows where some guy takes a pill and then you know they're they're acting like he's got this big erection but nothing's happening there's no partner so you're saying that that really shouldn't be happening use it as a tell No. It, Towel rack. Yeah, it's a great towel rack. Is that a bath towel or, or, or a, a washcloth? Or a hat rack.
2: <laughs> or a hat rack. A hat uh, rack. yeah. Yeah, it actually it requires stimulation. So you can either stimulate yourself or have somebody else stimulate you or perhaps watch uh, a video uh, that'll stimulate you. But it requires stimulation. It doesn't by itself cause an erection.
1: How long, how long do these
0: medications last? Up to four hours. Four hours, I think that's what the ads say.
2: Right? You're talking about the effect of the, the effect of the medication. Yes, correct. Yes. Okay, and the effect of the medication is generally we're looking for a one and a half to two to two and a half hour response. Uh, if uh, itch, most of the erections, almost all the erections I've uh, taken care of with this drug have uh, resulted in. Detumescence or a decrease in the erection after ejaculation. Uh, it, although the warnings on the labels say, call your physician if it lasts for more than four hours. Uh, I haven't seen it. It is reported, but it's very uncommon.
1: Do you get many of those phone calls?
0: <laughs> Have you for ever gotten the, one for of those? The erection, phone- for, <laughs> yeah, for the, the, call, the call your physician phone call. Call all your girlfriends. Anyway.
2: Yeah, the the answer is yes, but not because of the blue pill. It's usually because of an injection that we often use in men whose blood vessels cannot respond well and who, and who make normal amounts of nitric oxide. That is, if you give Viagra to a man and it doesn't work, then we go ahead and give an injection.
1: An injection where? Into the penis.
0: Ooh. Holy smokes. Smokes is right. Well, it um, doesn't sound like fun, but I guess if you get what you want and you do with it what you want, I guess it's worth it, right?
1: Well, you do what you need to do for your relationship and you know, your life. That's it's not can't be easy. Well, I th- is there a difference between erectile dysfunction and impotence? I, I hear both terms. Are they the same exactly or are there some differences?
2: Uh, it, it's, in, in men, it's the same. It's the same word. It just it it's used in uh, uh, different yeah. advertising venues and in different uh, uh, um, medical venues differently, okay. but it's the same thing.
0: Michael, we have a question, an email question that was sent in relating to this subject from Ella from Fargo, North Dakota. I ha- you ever been to Fargo? Uh, not recently, Did but you I- watch the movie. Yes, I love the movie. Great movie. Great movie. Great movie. Anyway, my husband and I, quote, my husband and I are 68 years old and have been together since high school. We've always had a steady and close physical relationship. The past year or so, it seems he's become more distant and less interested in me, and he doesn't seem to want as much intimacy as even just a couple of years ago. I know something is missing in my life, and I think he feels the same way, but is kind of embarrassed to talk about it. How can I get him to open up so we can enjoy some of what we used to?
1: Wow.
2: Well, I think think this is a couple's issue, obviously. Uh, It doesn't take a genius to figure that one out. They need to either talk it out or they need to have a professional help them or facilitate their talking it out. Um, And I think that's the best advice I can give. There are sex therapists who actually will work with couples and help, um, them form a relationship back again. Uh, I've, we, have had a sex therapist in our office for about 15 years and he's very been, he's been very helpful in uh, helping couples do this.
1: Hmm. And I, am assuming that that's all verbal counseling. Uh,
2: most of it's, most of it is, uh, verbal. Uh, there are, Some people, uh, and again, I don't employ them, but but they are recognized specialists who actually facilitate the the act of intercourse with between the husband and the wife.
1: Yikes! Well, uh, going back to Ella Ella's letter, if if the cause of of her husband's issue is ED or impotence, then that's not. All a couple's issue, right? Isn't that, couldn't that be a urological issue with the medication or the shockwave therapy? Or, I mean, you, you said that this is a couple's issue, but is that
2: 100%? Well, I was talking about that particular uh, email that you received. That, that seemed, that sounded to me more like a couple's issue. There are many reasons for impotence or erectile dysfunction, uh, w- one of which is uh, where the blood vessels in the penis. Uh, become uh, um, atherosclerotic, or there's hardening of the arteries to those penis vessels, and the blood vessel and the blood flow just can't get to the penis. Other reasons are med- side effects of medications. Many of the medications that we now give patients uh, for diabetes, for uh, and, and again the the underlying disease process, diabetes itself is a cause of impotence. It it damages both the blood vessels and the nerve supply to the penis. Um, But many of the medications that we treat for hypertension, for diabetes, for um, uh, psychological problems, uh, all uh, can cause impotence. And, And the person who needs to straighten that out is the person who is in charge of the medication, usually the primary care physician.
0: Okay. I, I have a question, Dr. Bender. What about flipping the coin for a moment on the other side? What about say it's a male female relationship? And the male isn't suffering so much from impotence as we discussed it. But the female now has lost interest in sex because of a number of reasons, whether it's menopause or it's too painful or there are a number of maybe it's medical issues. I don't know. But are there reasons that uh, in your practice you've seen women that feel the same way about what the man is going through?
2: Um. Well, there, there are several issues with, with females, uh, the most common of which after menopause, the hormone levels go down and the, and the uh, vagina becomes more sensitive, painful uh, to manipulation. And you can use uh, vaginal estrogen creams. Oral medications can be given, again, in, in cooperation with their gynecologist, uh, and they can't take those estrogens if there's been a family history of ovarian cancer, uterine cancer, breast cancer. So that it, it has to be in, in consultation with the gynecologist or primary care physician.
1: So that, that brings up question, Dr. Bender, uh, what percent of your patients are female?
2: I would say 65% are male and about 35% are female.
0: You know, I saw an interesting article relating to women's... Um, needs as well. And in the New York City subway system where I grew up, there are posters in the subways advertising a variety of products. And one of them over these past 15, 20 years has been for medical issues for men and specifically for the blue pill kind of um, product. And recently, a couple of women have started a new venture, and for women's, what they call women's sex toys, but so much in the sense that they're, uh, toy, they're products for women that are designed for stimulation, and they're really beautifully designed. I mean, They look like kind of Apple would have designed them, really beautifully, gorgeously designed. And the transit authority in Manhattan decided to ban those uh, posters from the subway system because they felt they were inappropriate. Now the women are suing the Metropolitan Transit Authority because of discrimination. They feel the men have products advertised for their needs, and now the women who are advertising products feel they're being uh, discriminated against because they're showing some products that can help women as well. So it's an interesting dynamic where... The men have um, available things to them that they can use and enjoy, and the women at this point, uh, if there's something advertised, the, the people in charge think they're inappropriate. How do you feel about that? I know it's a funny question for you, but, I mean, it's uh, an odd topic.
1: It's like a social question, not a medical it's more. Yeah, I think it's a yeah. more
0: medical ethic, uh, ethics. medical ethics question, I think. Wouldn't you think?
2: No, I don't think it's medical ethics. I think it's social ethics. I think it's societal norms. Yeah. Uh, uh, it, I think, if we would, if we were in the nineteen, in the early nineteen hundreds, and you would have advertised uh, erectile dysfunction on on uh, billboards on in Times Square, that wouldn't have been acceptable. Things have changed, uh, and and I think female topics haven't caught up with male topics because of societal norms, and they will. I, I okay. you know everything, everything changes. I think, I think that'll be acceptable at some point.
0: Mm, I agree. Hope so. I hope so too. Back, back to the, um, the, the,
1: the blue pill idea We, we noticed over the, I think it was the NCAA basketball tournament, the final four and the whole tournament. There were a lot of ads for, I don't remember the names of the companies. I don't really want to promote them if they don't pay us. Uh, but it seemed like you could now get these pills uh, oh, right. on, online, just by calling the eight hundred number or, or online services, Do you still need a prescription. I understand that that the blue pill and some of these have come off of patent, patent after a number of years. But you see them advertised on TV. Do you do you need a doctor? It would sound like you don't.
2: From uh, again, I haven't been involved in this, but I've seen the same ads you have, and I think it, it the the drugs cannot be distributed without first consultation with a physician over the internet, which I think is, from my standpoint as a personal physician and taking care of people directly by touching them, I think it's wrong to do that. However, uh, the FDA apparently has uh, allowed it, Uh, but it's still in consultation with a physician. In other words, a patient would would still have to online describe what their problem is, see if it fits into a certain scenario, uh, and then uh, the physician would either allow it or disallow it but I think there's I know there's a physician involved in it okay but again it it's not it's not hands-on touching talking to the patient in a in a face-to-face meeting it it may be Skyped. it may be uh, just internet connections
1: so the I think you mentioned that there are side effects so it seems like that could be you know kind of a gray area of medicine if you call it medicine to
0: well, that's a I have a. Question. what kind of side effects could there be with uh, say the blue pill that's been around for twenty years? I mean, what, what kind of side effects can you expect from that?
2: The side effects can be headache, dyspepsia, or an upset stomach, uh, blue vision, And again, there's no harm to these except people need to be told what the side effects are as we do with any medications. Uh, people should know the side effects of any medication just so that they don't become alarmed and wind up in the emergency room if they have heartburn or a headache or see blue vision. If they're warned about it, there's no damage to the retina or to the eye if you see blue, but you're, you're basically warned. If that happens, you should contact your physician. He'll advise you what to do. If uh, Generally, I tell people to, to, uh, to not use that particular pill again, or I switch them to another pill.
0: I mean, if they, I think they also say if you have a heart condition or something like that, you should refrain from using that thing. It's too much stimulation. Is is that something that uh, they should be aware of?
2: No, it's it. It's not because of the stimulation. It's because there's a drug that's used called nitroglycerin or nitrate nitrates that are used for coronary insufficiency, chest pain, uh, people with coronary artery disease. And it's contraindicated to give these pills to people who are on nitrates or nitroglycerin because it can lower the blood pressure. They can go into shock
1: and die. Oh. Mm. I thought that you started. You, I think you said that the
0: first side effect was headache. I
1: I thought that was kind of wasn't that like a cliche? Yeah,
0: and women are. Oh, I have a headache tonight. Mm-hmm.
1: That was there was an old TV episode of you know the woman wanted to know why the the partner never initiated sex. And the guy said, cause I'm always ready. And, you know, I'm just here waiting for you. I don't know if that's totally relevant to you. I don't think so. You don't think so? Okay. No. <laughs> well, you'll edit that one out, Stu.
0: Okay, good. Anyway, what else do we have, Michael?
1: Well, I, you know, I still feel bad for Ella and Fargo. Um, and we have a little disagreement about whether this is a medical problem or a, or a relationship problem. And I, you know, I think that they're so intertwined. If you, if, if one partner, if the, if the couple has had a close, intimate relationship for many, many years, and then it's dissipating, there's a reason. It's either one or both people are having issues.
0: There was a great movie with uh, Tommy Lee Jones and Meryl Streep a few years ago. I forget the name of it, but they were having uh, sexual issues after being married for many years, and it just wasn't happening. And Uh, They were advised to see a uh, sex therapist, and he was reluctant to go, but she convinced them finally, and they finally go, and they're sitting on a couch in front of the sex therapist, and she's asking them very intimate questions about their sex life, and he doesn't want to discuss it, and she's kind of wiggly about it also, but finally she opens up and says, and she, the sex therapist, what do you enjoy, and she starts getting into what she enjoys, and he's sitting there squirming in the chair because she's revealing all these (laughs) secrets of their sex life. And finally, she suggests to them, um, I think you should do what you've never done before, and she's suggesting to him what he should do to her and what she should do to him, and they're birth kind of their eyes are rolling over and glazing over, but finally they agree, and she tells them, "Why don't you go to the movies and practice what I just described to you?" And so within the theater, and it's a pretty riotous scene about what's going on and the popcorn flying all over the place. But <laughs> I, I remember that one now. <laughs> And I, and I do too. Yeah. Was that was that the one that and was
1: there was some rehearsal with a banana, I believe.
0: I don't remember that part, but uh, <laughs> I think the repartee, repartee between both of them and the sex therapist was quite amusing and um, kind of real in a way for many people. If you've gone through any of that stuff,
1: well, especially when relationships start out and and you know the the physical aspect of a of new relationship. Yeah, they were. Where's uh, yeah. not for me or you, but no, for some not. somebody apparently.
0: Well. That's in any relationship, I guess. You've got to keep it fresh and find ways to do that. It's well, not I'm lose.
1: sure it gets more and more difficult, especially if, if one partner has a physical or emotional issue that's not allowing them to perform.
0: you got or- to talk it through. Like any relationship, you have to have dialogue. And if you have conversation and open up and are honest about it and reveal what you're going through internally or mentally – and the other person understands that and it can accept that. And then you open up a dialogue and it makes it more just convenient to have a relationship and freshen it up and understand each other's problems.
1: So. Yeah, it's, it's easy to take partners uh, for granted. And I think that that probably contributes to complacency and uh, it does. boredom. Somebody taught me once that complacency is worse than stupidity.
0: Mm. Well, ever,
1: ever hear that one?
0: I know a lot of complacent people.
1: You know any stupid ones? No, none
0: at all. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: Dr. Bender, before we, we appreciate your joining us once again, and uh, our listeners enjoy having you. And listeners, again, you can write questions to Stuart.
0: Questions at MantalkRadio.net. That's again, cool. questions at MantalkRadio.net. Uh-huh. Send them in, and we'll try to get as many on the air as possible. That's
1: right. Uh, again, we thank Dr. Bender from Beverly Hills, from Cedar sinai Medical Center for joining us again today and on this most important topic. And uh, Stuart and I would like to tell you to stay happy. Be healthy. Be healthy. Be happy or stay healthy and be Do happy. Do it all. Do it all. Be happy and, happy and healthy and tune in next week for another edition of Man Talk. Thank Bye-bye. You.